I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You know, only like two or three of you, like usually it's like 20% of your working staff is there. And then the rest of them are working from home. So like, there's definitely ways to make it happen. And there's like hand sanitizer fucking everywhere. So like I, they could definitely make it work. I think we should start this week. Drew Brees should work from home. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) Just Drew Brees on Sunday. On Sunday. Yeah. It's Taysom Hill's day at the office on Sunday. (laughs) You can even like pipe him into the headset for Taysom Hill. Drew Brees would absolutely love that. Sounding podcast. This is Brian, joined by Brad and John. And damn, does it feel good to say that again? J- Brad, you weren't listening. Lo- you may not have been listening last week, but I almost said Brad and John when you weren't here. Oh yeah, I totally listened to the show. <laughs> there was a very pregnant pause when he uh, started the introduction. Yeah, it's like, uh, well, it's 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 like, you know, one of those uh, habits. I guess is the best way to put it. I was going to say reflex, but it's more of a habit. Um, but yeah, Brad, how are you doing? Glad to have you back. I am great. How are you? Good. And I also feel refreshed on you last week. So I hope you, I hope you take that under advisement the next time I miss. <laughs> John, how are you? Just, just great, Brian. Thanks great. for asking. Yeah. I always like to ask. Got to check in on your fellow <laughs> your fellow man these days. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah. And you know they're always going to be forthright and honest whenever you say how are you. Mm-hmm. They're just yes, going to be like, oh, exactly. you know what, man, I'm going through it right now. Nobody living ever just dream. automatically says good. <laughs> living the dream. That's that's my. I think if anybody part. says living the dream, it's probably a cry for help. Yeah, yeah you means probably. They're... Yeah, you should probably slip them a therapist phone number if they say <laughs> living the dream. If they say if they say living the dream, they're, they they just mean life sucks, but they're trying not to say yeah. that in public. <laughs> If someone says fine or like, but yeah, fine or living the dream, it's like, oh boy. Yeah, this, whenever this I ask someone how they're doing, and they're like, emergency. I'm okay. I'm like, no, you're not. Shut up. Yeah, I think okay is like the bottom of the spectrum. Like, I'm doing great is like, I'm actually doing well. And if you say I'm okay, it means like, I feel like shit. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes the other way too. Like, if you say fantastic, you're obviously lying. Like, no one is ever fantastic. It's a, yeah, it's like a, what's that, a parabola? The like, yes, <laughs> no, the shape. No? That uh, was a nerd joke, Brian. Yeah, uh, well, I... sorry, I didn't. I didn't bring my spreadsheets to this podcast. It's not a uh, spreadsheet, man. Remember your algebra two. I don't. Oh God, I didn't mute my phone. I'm sorry. Um, what was I going to say? Um, who knows? Oh, 
Yeah, a so parabola is a symmetrical open plane curve formed by the intersection of a cone with a plane parallel to its side. Duh. You definitely looked that up on Google. No, I read this side of that from memory. Uh-huh. Who um, doesn't know that? I, exactly. I, well, I mean, I, I did at one point in time, but I haven't needed to know what a parabola is in, like, 10 years. So, anyway. Um, yeah, so the Panthers played a football game this past weekend, and uh, they lost. I won $250. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for, for everybody. Support. It was was thinking that when the Panthers lost. They're like, you know what? Good for Brian. Yeah, yep. exactly. That was the first. I almost wrote that in the game recap. <laughs> yep. You know, the Panthers may have lost today, but Brian won. And that's really what matters. That's exactly what matters. See, Did like you I do said, what we Brad, talked about in the postgame show? Did you get him to buy a Tahir Whitehead jersey instead? I did not. Um, was, <laughs> I, I could have done that, but I just decided I'd take the money because honestly, well, I probably would have done the same thing. I mean, I'm just going to take the money and give it to somebody else. So it's fine. You know, Oh, you're going to put it in my, my futures account, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your oil. Okay. Futures cool. Account. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yep. So, um, the Panthers lost to a, to the bears who are what five and one now. Pretty good. Yeah. They're five they're the and dumbest one. five and one team ever though. They have yeah. a really good defense though. We did see that on Sunday. I mean, even though, the Panthers' red zone offense has been shit three of the last four weeks. Um, we saw a very good defense there. Brad and I obviously recapped our thoughts on the game right afterwards in the B&B reaction show, which you should go check out. But John did not get to do that. So, John, why don't you uh, give us some of your quick thoughts on what happened? Um, I don't have a lot to add. So, I said, like I said, the Bears are stupid. Um, they're 5-1, but I feel like we talked about it before, uh, last week, how their like their met, their advanced metrics and stuff are really bad. And then I forgot that they lost because DeAndre Swift dropped a wide open touchdown on the goal line with like five seconds left in Week One. So they had that. They had the Falcons collapse. They had they like barely met, uh, prevented Daniel Jones from driving down the field to beat them. And then the game on Sunday. So I don't know. I don't think they're good. But part of that's their defense being good. So their offense can look terrible and they still win, which I guess my is favorite, what we saw yeah, on Sunday. My favorite thing about the Bears, and this is including their win over us, which was by a touchdown, their point differential is plus 12. Yeah. And they're 5-1. Yeah, yeah, that makes that's Point <laughs> differential is usually five, like a better. It was plus 5 before kickoff on Sunday. That's, that, yeah. that's the advantage of having a good defense is that you can win close games a lot of times, so. You know, also a good illustration of why football can be really stupid in the sense that, like, well, because like the season is so short, relatively speaking, that the sample size is small. And so there's a lot of room for variance and random luck to where the Bears catch a couple lucky breaks and all of a sudden they're five and one instead of three and three. And everybody's like, oh, the Bears five one, but they're not really five and one good. Yeah, I mean they so. they would be four and two if ta- if Tom Brady knew what fourth down was. Yeah, or, or in the three and three if DeAndre three and three if DeAndre Swift had hands attached to his arms. Fifth yeah. down, Tom has been my favorite nickname that I I per- I don't know if I coined it, but I definitely <laughs> said it before someone else before I saw someone else say it on Twitter. So it, it was an original idea to you. Yes. <laughs> Therefore, um, I am smart and funny, and you all should appreciate yeah. me. The. Uh, only thing, and Walker, I don't know. Yeah, Walker talked about it in the Monday morning optimist. I think um, the Panthers punted once somehow, 
And that means we punt the least in the NFL now because the Packers punted Ooh. a lot and they were the only team that punted more or punted less than the Panthers before this week. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, a punt is better than a turnover, but sure. Yeah, that's Punts one of those better than turnovers. That, yeah, that's one of those stats that you have to actually look into it because you can say we're we've punted fewer times than anybody else, but I mean, <laughs> we only punted once because we had turnovers. We went for it on fourth down. We missed a field goal. Um, yeah, there are all think kinds it's... of other crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, there is um. I like the other there is a bit of a like correlation like it's obviously if you're a bad offense you punt more so not it's not like a measure like we're the best offense in the league but I do think it shows that you know we're moving the ball relative like well relatively consistently and we're being aggressive and not being doing the whole like run 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 punt or run run pass punt thing that we used to do all the time and a lot yeah, of teams it, will do it correlates with efficiency yeah I agree yeah. so that's cool yeah it was nice to see us go for it on fourth down other than times when we had to. Yeah, it was what, three times? After yeah, it was three times, yeah. And then one of them was like, and they weren't like gimmies, like, oh, fourth and inches on the 40, you have to before fourth and three in field goal range and stuff like that. Yeah, that's how you, that's that's how, that's how a team that probably shouldn't be three and three should be playing to try and win games. So I'll take it. Um, The other thing that I thought was cool that came out of this game. It's not for the Bears game directly, but it's a result of the Bears game. Uh, Panthers have two wide receivers that are top 10 in receiving yards. Did you guys know that? I did know that. I did know that, yes. Robbie Anderson. Curtis Samuel is also not one of them because he sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's so bad that he was was inactive on Sunday. Yeah, terrible. Um, Yeah, Robbie Anderson, as we all predicted, is second in the NFL in receiving yards behind DeAndre Hopkins. And then DJ Moore's 10th. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's a shame they haven't won more football games, but, you know, it's pretty good. <laughs> I think, but, I mean, it's exactly what we expected, though. It's like, oh, the offense is good. The defense was, they were better on Sunday, partly because the Bears have a bad offense, but uh, the all competent. But Special shout-out to Rasul yeah. Douglas as well. He played very well during that game. Yeah, he played, uh, like, 98%. He played all but one snap, I think, on defense. And I know part of that's because Dante Jackson's hurt, but he's basically become, like, the number one corner after we got picked up off the street, like, what, four days, like, six days before the season started? Yeah, he, he actually didn't. He wasn't active in week one because he, he didn't even practice with the team yet. That's how late he was picked up. So that, that's been quite a find. Quite a find. And uh, do we want to break down the, I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot of injury news, um, but I will say Justin Burris is on IR. That's not good. For oh the no, defense. there was plenty of, there was plenty of injury news today <laughs> or well, well, yesterday. If you're listening to this, I mean, when it comes out, yes, <laughs> when I mean, it comes yeah, out, <laughs> I guess, I mean, those players don't, aren't as important as not starters. Oh, they're important. But, yeah. Okay. Everyone is important. It takes a team. Okay. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to to offend Uh, you there. Yes. Justin Burris was placed on IR because he got hit in the, in the the ribs. I don't, are his ribs broken or is it a bruise or they haven't really said, they just said ribs. That can most likely broke a rib if he's out for for three weeks, at least, which is what I said when we did the reaction show. Um, Shout out to me. Um, Keith Kirkwood is also on injured reserve. He re-injured his clavicle, so the Keith Kirkwood experience lasted all of one day. 
um, for Carolina. And we I added know the Keith Robinson. experience was a thing. It is. So, well, it was. was. Well, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Um, and see, that's Curtis Samuel's fault too, because if he wouldn't have faked an injury, Keith Kirkwood probably <laughs> wouldn't have played, and he wouldn't have got hurt. So, our, know, for all you Curtis Samuel haters, you can blame that on him too. Are clavicle injuries just always re-injured? I would imagine so. It feels yeah. like every time someone comes back from a clavicle injury in like four weeks or whatever, they always re-injure it. Like yeah, I guess it's like it really should be a six to eight week injury, but nobody wants to admit that. And uh, it, it's like, you know, it, I think it's like, it look, well, because you can't really test like if yeah. your bone is strong enough. You just have to like look at it on x-rays and stuff. And I mean, I'm guessing, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But, and, I mean, uh, you're getting hit with a helmet. So, yeah, I feel like it's one of those things way. where it, like imaging or whatever makes it. It's like, oh, you know, you got all your strengths back and it looks good on imaging. So you're fine. But it's like not ready for impact yet that you but you can't really see that i don't know the best way to test a bone for impact injuries is to punch it i've learned yeah oh, okay. and i'm sure i'm sure the medical staff probably doesn't want to do that anymore yeah probably not um I'm sure they used I to mean, do that we're, we're 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 just lucky that we've graduated from them just like taking tobacco and spitting it on it and like rubbing it and <laughs> putting leeches on it or whatever um but uh, we signed – what's his name? The guy Sean from the Chandler Giants. from the Giants to take Burris's spot. Um, and we also brought Kenny Robinson up from the practice squad. So we brought two safeties in after losing one, and those two probably will equal what Burris was bringing to the team uh, in, in terms of value. So, you know, we traded one good player for two mediocre ones. And we also added Sam Tecklenburg, who is an offensive lineman, because we've lost how many offensive linemen now to, to COVID? Schofield right is one of them. Schofield and somebody else. Tyler Larson. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, we had to bring in an offensive lineman for depth. And then we also signed four players to the practice squad. We signed Josh Hawkins, Mike I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. P-A-N-A-S-I-U-K. However that's pronounced. Panasiuk, I we'll guess. We'll just call him Mike. Mike. Mikey, um, Mike P. Yeah, we'll we'll Mike never P. see him on the on the field, Mike. Um, Greg Roberts and Mike Warren. Oh, we have to call – well, we'll call him Mike Warren because we have two Mikes. Um, but, yeah, we had a lot of stuff today or yesterday. Well, I'm sorry, I was busy, so I didn't, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think, yeah, but none, I think Burris is the only real impact. Yeah, really, Burris is the only thing we. I don't even know, other than Curtis Samuel being out, we don't really need Kirkwood anyway. We already have what seven wideouts yeah. on the roster. And Seth Roberts is a good. And Seth Roberts is there. I mean, I don't even know why we kept Kirkwood because we have Seth Roberts. Yeah, like, I thought that's why we had Seth Roberts. <laughs> like the same player. Yeah, so they're basically the same guy. So, um, do you have anything else about the Panthers before uh, I go around the NFL? Because I had something tangentially related. Well, opposite end of the spectrum as the Panthers and they're punting for um, Yeah, go for it. I don't think we have anything else. So the Jets and Dolphins played a great game. They sure did. Did you see uh, how bad it was in terms of what I was just talking about? 
Um, they punted between the two of them. They punted seventeen times. Oh my god! Yeah, the only thing I know about that game is um, Tua got to play. Yeah, it was really. Yeah, they they went. The teams combined for three for twenty six on third downs. One of those was the last third down where Tua was in. He completed a pass. So before that, they were two for twenty five as a game on third downs. I think that was the only one the Dolphins converted. And then yeah, they punted seventeen times. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> that's really what that's what you want to see when you have two two games in the four o'clock window. Weighs one of them having seventeen punts with yeah. one, between the Dolphins and the worst team we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and I, speaking of Tua, I thought you guys saw him on the field after the game, right? I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, on the Jet side of things, have you seen all the Greg Williams and Adam Gay stuff? No, I have I've not. seen tons of things. Depends <laughs> on what you're talking about. Greg Williams in his interview with press on Thursday or something of last week. What the hell was they, that? What? Sorry. Go ahead. Is, is there a problem? It was just sounded like that. It just sounded like a ghost shouted at me. Anyway, go ahead. It's fine. Well, I hope you're okay. Um, yeah. They asked him about how bad their defense is. And he's like, well, it's not all the defense, you know. We're giving up too many points, but, you know. So if it's not all the defense, is it his fault? I'm confused. Well, he was implying that, you know, the offense is not doing its job, which is making it harder on the defense. And so Adam Gase has now retorted and said that everybody needs to shut up and play. And <laughs> that, that's totally an Adam Gase response. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go and lose, what, 24 to nothing to the Dolphins. So, yeah, the Jets yeah. are – I do the Jets win a game this year? No, they don't. Doubt it. Doubt I, it, yeah. I know, like, who was it? The Dolphins were the team that everybody thought they were going to win winless last year, but they showed signs of being competitive after a few weeks, after they got demolished the first couple weeks. The Jets seem to be regressing from being the worst team in the league. Yeah, like, also- even, even the, um, the, the 2010 Panthers weren't this awful. Like, yeah. And, I, you know, there was a an SB Nation reacts question this week, which team is worse? It was this this year's Jets. And then the the Browns and Lions teams that went winless, and I clicked the Jets faster than, than <laughs> anything I've ever voted for on any of those polls because this is the worst football team I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, really, the only thing they have over the Lions and the uh, Browns is that they have Sam Darnold, and they're so bad that Sam Darnold can't even like will them to like a win or two. Yeah, <laughs> that's, um, that's how they, bad they are. Yeah, they. The only way I see them winning a game is if late in the year, the Patriots, Dolphins, and Bills gather together and conspire, and one of them intentionally <laughs> loses so they don't get the number one pick. Uh, I just I don't see them them win. Like Sam Darnold, like Brian just said, Sam Darnold has some promise. Uh, he's mm. got to get away from Adam Gase. He's like literally he only really gotten good. worse. He's only, yeah, he he's would be only really good. He would be a really good piece to build around with somebody like Joe Brady or literally anyone other than Adam Gase. And I, they traded away or released Le'Veon Bell. And who else do they have? Like they let Robbie <laughs> Anderson go in free agency because I guess they figured – why do we need to give our rookie or second year quarterback or third year quarterback, whatever he is, why do we need to give him a star wide receiver? Like he doesn't need one of those. So let's just let Robbie Anderson go for peanuts on the, 
um, free agent market, and then let's get rid of our best player. So, I mean, they're they're just a train wreck. Adam Gase does belong in the Finesse Hall of Fame, though. Because <laughs> he, he was the offensive coordinator for the Broncos for two years with Peyton Manning as his quarterback. And he and... has ridden that to how many jobs now? <laughs> <laughs> well, Peyton Manning apparently vouched for him, too, which is shit. Apparently, like, I guess Peyton was like, oh, yeah, he's pretty, he's great. And everyone was like, oh, sounds good. And he's been shit for every team. <laughs> I think every team he's played, every, every team he's coached for as the head coach has actually regressed over the top over time with yes. him, which is so, not, um, a, not a good thing. Not a good thing for a head coach. Uh, let me pull when he took over, when he took over as offensive coordinator. So he went to the Bears for uh, one season under John Fox. And their offense was. Uh, I'm messing this up. Their offense was 21st in yards and 23rd in points. I don't, I mean, honestly, I'm surprised it was that good with Adam Gase and John Fox. (laughs) John Fox. Like, Um, (laughs) you could have told me, you could have just made it up and said dead last and I would have believed you. Yeah. Let me, and then let me see what it was before that though. Spending too much time on this, but now I need an answer. What year is this? 2015? (laughs) <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's so the 21st in yards, 23rds in points, right? Um, the year before that, they were this, exactly the same. So he did nothing to help them. Um, two years before that, though, they were actually really good. So he did that nothing. Was the year they went to the Super Bowl, wasn't it? 2013? Uh, no. 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 It was a couple we, years before that. A couple years before that, okay. There but was yeah, one year where they had Cutler and Marshall, and they were both fucking fantastic. Yeah, they, they had 2013. They were second in points and eighth in yards. Yeah, okay. yeah okay. and their defense was trash. Uh, but anyway, since since then, and then he got hired after that mediocre season as the offensive coordinator for the Bears. Uh, he got hired for the Dolphins, and over time, their offense went uh, in yards 24th, 25th, 31st. You know, straight yeah. down. And then the Jets were like, "That guy should be a head coach." Yeah, off, which is really was, sad because they played against him twice a fucking season. I know. Yeah. And watch their offense regress year over year, and they're like, "That guy needs to be our next head coach." After we'll hire we'll hire him, and then we'll hire a general manager that doesn't get to pick his coach. Um, and then with the Jets, they have the thirty second ranked offense last year, and they're thirtieth somehow thirtieth right now. But I'm sure they'll be thirty second by the end of the season. They're last in scoring. Yeah. Who's, so, yeah. Worse, who's worse than the Jets in total offense? Yeah, right now. Let's let's get guesses. Who probably the Washington and okay, the Giants? I would say I would say Washington is at least one of the two. They have to be. Um, I'm gonna go. I think it's Washington and Giants. I think it's Washington and. Uh, who else is awful? Um, <laughs> it's the Giants. It's the Washington and the Giants. Oh, okay. Damn it! <laughs> they're actually they're actually tied with exactly one thousand six hundred and fifty-two yards each this season. Thousand six hundred and sixty. Yeah, they're averaging horrible. all are averaging two hundred seventy-five yards per game total. Jesus Christ! <laughs> wow. <laughs> and both of them still have a chance to win their division. Yep. <laughs> the NFC East, baby. It's the twenty fourteen NFC South all over again. I love it. I fucking love it. It's yeah. It's bad. Um, there's probably enough Jets talk. Uh, let's see. Anything else that's the only other like really bad thing that I thought was funny was the Browns lost again, and yeah, the, Browns, the Browns are bad. 
<laughs> they're four and two, and their two losses are thirty-eight to six and thirty-eight to seven. Exactly. They're they're the worst four and two team ever. <laughs> they're bad. I need to see them play the Bears. Yeah. The sad beat. part is like they they have a really good rushing attack and they have a really good defense. So like, but I don't. I it's just it just kind of boggles my mind. Like I think talent be wise, a, okay, yeah. They're like they're probably going to end up like eight and eight or nine and seven. Now, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I just don't think they'll deserve oh, it. Oh. Here's <laughs> wait. Here's their next five games. Uh, at Bengals, home against the Raiders, home against the Texans, home against the Eagles, at Jaguars. Yeah, see, yeah. they're going to win four of those games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that puts They'll them lose to the Raiders. Coming. They'll That's lose to the Raiders and beat everybody else. They're eight, they'll be eight and three going into a stretch where they play the Titans, Ravens, Giants. God, how did they get so lucky? They put the Giants and Jets in back-to-back weeks. So they're going to finish 10 and six. <laughs> yep. Yes. You're Just right based on their schedule. Like, <laughs> and so you have to add in the Cleveland factor. So because it's Cleveland, they'll finish eight and eight or nine and seven. Yeah, that's um, true. They are going to, they are going to botch. They'll probably lose to the giants and jets at the end of the year. They'll probably do something like they did with they, where they beat the Colts pretty soundly is they'll like randomly beat like at the Titans or something or win against the Ravens get beaten by the Jets or something. Yeah, that's 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 exactly what's going to happen. The They're... Browns, you know what's going to happen? Because I remember when the Browns went 1-15, they played the Chargers, and I think it was week 16, and I was like, the Chargers are going to lose this game because the Chargers are absolutely the team to be the one to lose to the Browns. Yep. And that's what happened, and the Browns seem destined to do the same thing for the Jets. Exactly. <laughs> They're passing the torch. Yes. <laughs> the Browns have now become that team that's like good, but also still like laughably bad at certain points. Yes, they're they're yes. They should be America's team. <laughs> um let's see. That was a nice uh, singer, Brad. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Two more things. Uh Brandon McManus shouted out fantasy football players who owned him. Which I think is cool. I like it when players are like self aware and I guess I respect, like, yeah. I, I respect 24. that. Jesus Christ. You kicked six field goals. Scored 20. Yeah, well, yeah, field goals. So, but I like, because every player, all they ever do is talk about how, like, uh, fantasy football and uh, like how it dehumanizes stuff, which, valid point, but it is funny. Like, he tweeted a screenshot and it said, shout out to the 4.5% of fantasy owners who started me this week. Hey, like my greatest moment of all time was when I tweeted after Graham Gano. I think it was against the Lions back in like 2016, I want to say, but he had uh-huh. like a bunch of field goals and he had a recovered fumble. So he had like 24 points in fantasy and I tweeted about it and he liked my tweet. I was so happy. <laughs> I was so my happy. Favorite, my favorite. He Graham was the Gano only person who was... liked my tweet, by the way. He was the my, only yeah. one. <laughs> my, my favorite Graham Gano memory is when I called him mediocre and he blocked me. <laughs> that's a greater accomplishment because he actually noticed it <laughs> i think he's one of those him? guys that like name searches himself or people um, probably i think it's probably twitter or he, ha- he has twitter. an intern that runs the account for him or whatever yeah but well i think twitter has a lot of stuff like there are a lot of people on twitter that if they see it like I don't, I don't know if you have enough of a following to get this, but like, if you were just to tweet Graham Gano without tagging him, a bunch of people would just like reply with his, like tag him in the comments and the replies, so he'd see the tweet. Oh yeah, that's true. So yeah, because yeah. people are really cool. Yeah. Yep. I didn't say <laughs> anything. That, I didn't say anything that wasn't factual. I <laughs> called him mediocre. I didn't call him bad. I call him mediocre. 
That's so, yeah, still an insult to an NFL player, but yeah. Well, I mean, he is mediocre. I'm sorry. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying from his perspective, that's still an insult. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you guys watch the Bills and Chiefs game on Monday afternoon? I really sure cool. did. Yep. I did not. That was really cool to have a 5 o'clock like, football on the TV when I got home from work. I like yeah. that. I also enjoyed the fact that Josh Allen passed for like 70 yards throughout the whole game. That was pretty <laughs> funny. He, uh... He also, well, yeah, he was like at sixty something yards before like their last drive, where he, they let the Chiefs basically let him march down the field, and then he followed that up by throwing a pick on their next of one. Of course, the but, Josh, Josh, Allen, Josh Allen experience. Yep. <laughs> but there was there was a couple minutes, a couple minutes span where I just felt like I was because I didn't, I kind of had it on in the background, and it just felt like I was watching a Panthers game because they were like, oh, Josh Norman with the pass defense, and it's like the next play is like, yeah, Vernon Butler with the pressure. Um, and then AJ Klein makes the tackle, and it's just like, yeah. Well, I, oh, I have a funny story about that. So yeah. I know that we, I know that we make fun of uh, the Bills for being Panthers North, but uh, so my cousin's husband is a major Bills fan, and like, shout out to Brendan if you happen to be listening to this one. He probably isn't, but still, um, he like major Bills fan knows a whole lot about the team like you know what like very intelligent very very realistic but I kept texting him every time I saw a Panthers player and I was like Jesus Christ you have seven players on the defense and because they have they had Dean Marlowe they had Vernon Butler they had Klein obviously Mario Addison Josh Norman um I think I saw a couple other names that were like on special teams who were defensive players. And I yeah, like, we texted him every time. <laughs> and my brother, my brother hit him with the biggest, he, he hit us with a double burn. And it was great. He was like, Oh, you have so many Panthers players. That's why your defenses regress so much. And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> Dean Marlowe plays for the bills. He yeah. sure does. Like he was actually on the field. Uh, he was playing special teams. Yeah. He actually has been playing. Like, I think he just didn't want to play here. Cause he's, I, I don't think, think he's so, missed yeah. a lot of time since, yeah, because uh, like there. he would always get hurt on on like the third day of training camp with us, <laughs> like every year. Yep. Yeah, he. Uh, I th- we went through this. Um, I don't remember if it was in the off season, but the the Bills have like twenty Panthers on their roster. Yeah, we they did sure do did. that. I remember that because we tried to figure out who all they were. Yeah, yeah, we played that, and you guys did a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, most of them are on the defense because I'm looking through right now and. I'm Don't surprised Josh Norman was able to to resume his career after Derrick Henry almost ended it two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I said that to Brendan as well. Yeah, I said I'm surprised <laughs> that Josh Norman's on the field after Derrick Henry took his soul from him. <laughs> um, the last thing, uh, I think Dak Prescott should win MVP. Oh yes, probably. That that the- that Cardinals that Cardinals Cowboys game was so horrifying to watch. Well, uh, that, that aside, was, that aside, Dak Prescott, Dak, Dak Prescott is still leading the league in passing yards. Yeah, <laughs> and he didn't play last what two weeks now. He's he got hurt. I think the first half of their game last week. week. So yeah, so but he's still leading the league in passing yards. Yeah, so he's missed a game and a half, and he's still leading the league in passing. And then their offense is like, oh, they got all these weapons. Da da da. da. And then Andy Dalton comes in, and they get ten points against the Cardinals. It's like, oh, well, maybe Dak has been doing more than we thought. John, yeah. you'll enjoy this too, but I was watching the Blogging the Boys uh, Twitter handle, tweeting about how they need to stop running on second and long, like the yeah. whole game. <laughs> I'm sh- Did you guys see, uh, I know you saw it, because I think, Brad, you shared it with us. Uh, now the Cowboys are already 
getting sick of Mike McCarthy and Mike. <laughs> yeah, Stoltz. I was gonna I was gonna bring that up in our the, as the last thing we talk about in this segment because, yeah, the Cowboys are already getting tired of Mike McCarthy, and someone even said they they're obviously unnamed players, but somebody has already said he has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> shocking after he lied on his job application yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just just like could wink jerry jones into giving him a job so but it yeah. sounds like that aaron Rodgers may have been on to something i i knew mike mccarthy wasn't a great coach in green bay but i did not realize how just like shady of a person he is where yeah. he just like he basically he, lied his way into the cowboys job yeah, and he, he essentially is and... <laughs> stealing money from jerry jones yeah very unapologetically and, too yeah, and based on how the Jason Garrett thing went, he's going to be there for at least five years. I don't know about that, but we'll see. No, Jerry Jones believes in Mike McCarthy. I can I can almost guarantee you. I don't know, though. When you're having a mutiny six weeks into your first season on the job, <laughs> I don't know how long you can keep that around. And oh, you're they're, also... all, they're all stressed out about Dak. It'll be fine. <laughs> and they're massively underperforming because everybody – like Cowboys were – pretty hype coming into the season i i picked Dak to be like the mvp when oh, we did that tally side thing at the beginning of the season and yeah. then uh yeah that, that that's gone down the drain and there's i know their defense isn't stocked with talent but they're like the worst defense ever yeah their defense is really bad like really really bad <clears throat> it's almost I, amazing like it's it's amazing because like it's not like they don't really have – it's like they have talent on that defense. It's not like they don't, and they really need to sign Earl Thomas at some point. But <laughs> I'm kind of surprised they that. haven't, to be honest. Yeah, that's exactly a Cowboys thing to do, too. Yeah, like, exactly. You're you're in desperation, and you just sign a big, flashy name. And it, that, yeah, to at, at least keep the that man happy. Really, yeah, and, and at a position that's kind of like a, a luxury position in a sense. Yeah, it not does nothing for you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Earl Thomas, peak Earl Thomas is probably good enough to make a difference back there, but like, but I, I don't Thomas know is if fighting with his teammates in Baltimore. No. <laughs> and I don't know if, uh, the, they have the, uh, staff and the scheme in place to really they have, because I don't think Mike Nolan has been particularly good anywhere either. No, he hasn't. Yeah, I really enjoy the meme of the Dallas Cowboys being America's team and over the last like decade always being <laughs> disappointing like all the time. It's great. I love it. Um Mike Nolan has had He was he was defense. in San Francisco for a while and they were terrible when he was there, but they didn't have Awful. much talent. They had he had a good defense. He's had a top 10 defense 3 times in 22 years as a defensive coordinator pretty good it's pretty good batting percentage you know baseball stuff <laughs> right yeah great four times four times in yards and five times in points he had a top 10 defense in 22 years so sounds like a guy you want to keep giving a job and then he's been bad for a while yeah, we all have our off days you know <laughs> for the record if you are successful three times in 22 attempts you have a Point one three six batting average. That is decidedly <laughs> not good in baseball. Just so we're clear. I think the, the the message here or the lesson here between Adam Gase and Mike Nolan is if your first impression is good, you can ride that for your entire life. You know what because I think we should do? 
I think, and this is kind of a like a, a John Boyce type experiment. But we should have an NFL team with Adam Gase and Mike Nolan <laughs> as the like, offensive and defensive coordinators. We just got to find a head coach. Oh, it's got to be John Fox. Okay, because <laughs> Mike Nolan was in his first year as defensive coordinator for the Giants way back in 1993. They were first in points allowed and fifth in yards allowed, and then they just got worse like every year since then. And he's been he very too early. Case where it's like he came in and was really good as Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator. That was his first exposure in that role, and he's just ridden that out for several years. And he probably will keep getting coordinator jobs and like quarterback coaches jobs until he wants to retire. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> the NFL you know, don't don't give dumb. the young hotshot guy that may be good <laughs> a chance. Let's just go with somebody we know. This yeah, is exactly. <laughs> this is the lesson from CSR out here, folks. Build that resume. That <laughs> yeah. resume will carry you places. Exactly. You don't actually have to be good at your like. Just do something successful early. Yes. Do something successful that. early, and then on your resume, just you keep, need to keep type putting that, out. that on there. Yeah. Yep. And type <laughs> it out in larger font and make it bold. You'll be. Yep. You'll be fine. You'll make tons of money. <laughs> yep. You know. Now that I think about it, I think Mike Nolan and Adam Gase as coordinators would be funnier if we give them a really good head coach. Um, <laughs> like, like just like Andy Reid or somebody just the internal strife of just like to just, see, yeah just to see what would happen <laughs> it would be a sitcom yes like yeah. we could just be like okay Andy you're the head coach but you cannot change the game plans yeah you you can you can assist you can do your coaching duties but you cannot install anything and you cannot call the plays on either side of the ball yeah, you have to let them do their jobs. <laughs> you can control who's on the field. Yeah, but he would literally it. have a heart attack. <laughs> he, would just, he would literally kill him. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, I, do we have anything else we want to discuss? No, no I, I think, think we, we need talk the, about Saints. the Saints. Yeah, let's talk about the Saints. All right, I mean, well, this we'll is going to be quick because we're going to lose. Well, yeah, well, we'll take a quick break and uh, – We'll discuss the Saints game, so stay tuned. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we're back. Time to talk about the Saints. This is going to be fun. Yeah, I'm fun. so looking. I'm, I'm I actually, so... I, I don't think it's going to be as big of a disaster as it has been with Ron. No, it won't be a disaster, but we're going to lose. And... Oh, yes, absolutely. I believe we're going to lose, but I don't think we're going to get beat 42 to 10 again. No, I don't yeah, so I, this game doesn't look nearly as intimidating now as it did at the start of the season. 
and as it did in years past, because the Saints don't look like the juggernaut they had the last couple of years. No, Drew Brees is losing it. Michael Thomas might get in a fight with somebody if they call him slant man in practice um, <laughs> and get benched. So, I mean, Sean Payton is continuing his obsession with playing Taysom Hill for whatever reason. So we have a shot. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the formula – at least last season and into this season has been them leaning on Alvin Kamara. And if Michael Thomas plays, they'll lean on him too, which all I think they really need is Dante Jackson to call him a running back the whole game. And that should trigger him. Um, (laughs) But it's what worries me the most is that I don't think they're going to have, they're going to have as much success getting after Drew Brees. And that's, that's where I could see it being a problem. I don't yeah, know if he's you guys gonna, agree he's or gonna not. Dink and I agree with you. He's gonna he's gonna um, exploit zone and like zone coverages and openings on the field all day. That's what he does best. I'm not. I mean, <laughs> I think he'll. Sorry, I'm sorry. Um, I'm not. Not that I think he's gonna like. We're gonna shut him down. But the the pass defense has been pretty good especially when you consider how little, how much we struggled getting pressure consistently. Um, And Drew Brees, 2020 Drew Brees is not going to like shred your defense anymore. No, he, he's starting to show that he's 40 years old. Yes. He's, he's fallen off a lot and he's doing, somebody's like the thing he used to do where he was like, he would like get up on his tippy toes and like rear back to throw these beautiful deep balls. He's doing to throw like five yards outs now, five yard outs now. So he's so gonna like, have a bounce and, back game. Of course, he's I mean, gonna throw for 500 yards. I mean, they, that's <laughs> well. He does have Michael Thomas back, which I think is has hurt them. Um, as long as nobody really... hurts his feelings. Yes, as long as like yeah, like Brian said, uh, that might be the game plan to stop Michael Thomas going forward. Is just to say like to challenge him to do something different. Like, say, like, you can't beat me deep or something, and then he's going to try to prove me wrong because he's super sensitive, but then Drew Brees can't throw it to him. So, out of the play. That's a solid strategy. Thanks, man. But, yeah. So, I I feel like it's going to be one of those games where it's really frustrating to watch because Drew Brees is going to complete, like, 80% of his passes, but he's going to average, like, seven yards of completion. Yeah. I think the big problem is going to be the defensive line for the Saints. I think that because they they actually have been pretty good as far as like rushing the passer. Yeah, and also considering our offensive line is quarantined, was missing the entire offensive line. Yeah, but the the counter the counter to that is that Cam Jordan doesn't have Cam Newton to hit because I always felt like Cam Jordan took extra pride in going after Cam. Oh, and there's there's the other factor we haven't even considered is the Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Throzevelt. Revenge game. Ooh, you're right. That's a spicy thing. I forgot about that. Teddy Bridgewater's going to come out swinging. Super Joe Brady revenge game, too. (laughs) Oh, shit. We got two revenge games. I was going to say the Keith Kirkwood revenge game, but. No, Keith Kirkwood got hurt. Maybe Keith Kirkwood got hurt because he didn't want to have a (laughs) revenge game. He didn't want to. That's what it was. He's like, oh, doctor, my clavicle, I can't do it. And they're like, it looks fine. He's like, ah, oh, no, it's 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 hurt. It's a hairline <laughs> fracture, sir. <laughs> I know my body. Clavicle is <laughs> hurt. The customer is always right. 
<laughs> but as far as the defense goes, um, the nice thing is that Morris, or not Morris Claiborne, uh, nice. fuck. Marshawn um, Lattimore? Marshawn Lattimore, there we go. Yeah, one of those names. Same player. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he can only cover one of the Panthers receivers. That's that's good for them. Well, the bad news, though, is that he will cover Robbie Anderson, and that is the only one that Teddy Bridgewater can throw to. He threw to DJ Moore just DJ. fine. DJ Moore a little bit, but, you know. DJ <laughs> Might... a little bit. He threw... <laughs> oh I think God. DJ Moore got targeted 11 times on Sunday. He did, and he caught five passes, so. Yeah, that wasn't good. Well, he, he was, <laughs> which I felt like DJ's had some dropsies this year, um, but I think uh, most, two most of, them, of those were on Two Teddy. of them were absolutely so. DJ's fault, but there were two or three of them that he had no shot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and then the one of the two was the one in the end zone where he kind of, like, the defender fell in front of him, and I'm sure he was expecting it to get tipped, and it didn't get tipped. And Yeah. Which is like, you should catch it, but... Like nobody will acknowledge that those are hard to catch, but it's really hard to catch a ball when you expect it to get tipped and it doesn't. Yeah, it's hard to it's like when when a ball is coming at you like that as a receiver, former wide receiver here, just saying. Um when a ball is coming at you, especially on a timing route like that, like you're kind of trying to predict where the ball is gonna go, and as soon as a defender flashes in front of you, you're thinking, okay. I'm going to have to go try and catch the tip. And when that doesn't happen, it just hits you in the face and you're like, well, fuck. So yeah, like it, it, happens. it does, it does happen. <laughs> yeah. You're waiting. You're ready to react to where the ball goes when it changes directions, but it never does. And it just goes straight at you and it gets there faster than you're expecting. And so, yeah, yep. right in the face. Yep. But yeah. Right so I mean, Curtis Samuel would have caught it. <laughs> As long as you don't put it in his body. If he's asked to reach for it, he'll catch it. Um, but I'm not – yeah. I think DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, I feel like, are 1A, 1B at this point. Um, Robbie gets more of the targets, but DJ plays more of the snaps. So I guess, like, technically on the depth chart, DJ Moore is still the number one receiver. Um, I also think it has to do with, um, with that Bridgewater had a lot more uh, chemistry with Robbie Anderson from having practiced with him so much with the Jets. Yeah, where he doesn't have like he didn't have like any of that with DJ Moore. Where now I think they're starting to find their timing, and I don't. I think they're they're still trying to find it because, like for example, there was the one the one throw where Moore had to Moore had to try and make a really acrobatic catch on a ball that was thrown behind him. Um, those are the, the kind of things play, where yeah. over time, those are the kind of things where over time they'll get better. So. Yeah, I think the 1A, 1B take is correct, and I think that he kind of leaned on Anderson just because he had a better feel for who he was as a route runner. Because, like, that's the thing about the NFL. Like, even though there's so much, like, technical aspects to it and timing and whatnot, like, what it really boils down to when it comes to receivers, and this is why you see, like, backup quarterbacks who find that one wide receiver, like, why are they throwing it to him when they have, like, you know, DeAndre Hopkins or – a top receiver it's because they know the timing with them like they those two have like a connection as far as uh when the guy's gonna break when he's gonna be looking for the ball and when the quarterback's gonna throw it so that's something where robbie anderson has that dj moore doesn't yeah it's just chemistry yep and there's also and then the timing and then like a trust factor and just a comfort with like i've done this a lot like I yeah. know you're gonna catch the ball if I throw it to you. I know it's it's it does it seems simple, but I think there's just this there's this comfort of like when you've seen a player catch your passes a lot, that 
you're comfortable with them catching your passes, even if they're not as talented as another player on the, on the team. Well, on top of that, like every, every wide receiver is going to break differently on a different route. Like some are going to round it off. Like I've seen like DJ Moore is more of a round off type guy. Like, they're, some some guys are going to break a little faster out of it, where some guys aren't. Some guys are going to plant somewhere else, like maybe a yard ahead. Like you know, those little nuances cause cause major problems when it comes to a quarterback and wide receiver connection. So that's why Robbie Anderson has, has been good and will still continue to be good. But DJ Moore definitely building that connection. You saw it this weekend, and you've been seeing it over the course of the season. Yeah, and Robbie Anderson just surprisingly good in general, like we've talked about pretty much yes. every yeah. week at this point. <laughs> Who let him go, by the way? But, uh, <laughs> the worst Jets. franchise Snow in the Jet. NFL. <laughs> J-E-T-S, baby. Jets, Jets, Jets. Um, uh, Alvin Kamara is somebody else we should probably talk about. Um, I felt like last year he kind of lost his, his mojo a little bit. Um, this year he looks like the Alvin Kamara of two years ago where he just like, he looks slippery and players just bounce off of him and he just doesn't, and he doesn't break stride and he looks impossible to tackle. Dude has some of the craziest balance I've ever seen on a running back. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. Cause it's kind of hard to explain because it's like, he just runs and players just like run into him and fall down and he just, he just keeps running. And, and it, I've never seen anyone like that. Yeah, it's almost like colliding with rubber sometimes when I've seen yeah. him try to get when people like because I've seen Thomas Davis tackle running backs a million times, but for some reason he, he had so much of an issue with Alvin Kamara. Like, yeah, and he doesn't like ju- he's not like McCaffrey where McCaffrey like finds space and jukes people out and makes defenders whiff. Like Kamara just like lets people hit them, like lets people hit him, and he just keeps going. But he's not like strong. He just kind of like I don't know. He's it's just really weird to watch, but it's kind of fascinating. He's wiry. <laughs> That's honestly a pretty good description. Yeah, I mean he's he's one of the best best backs in the league. And um, somebody on this podcast, I don't remember who it was, a couple of years ago, suggested the Panthers should draft him. I wonder who that was. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember, but he he has a lot of good takes. By the way, with with Kamara, um, more so than the running. He's averaging a little over, or he's averaging over seven catches a game this season. Yeah, so I think that's, that's where we need to worry about. Going to really yeah. wear us out is they're going to Drew Brees is going to target Kamara like twelve times, mm-hmm. and yeah, he's, he's going to had... catch ten of those for probably eighty to one hundred and twenty yards. So he had four targets against the Lions uh, two weeks ago, or yeah, I guess it'd be yeah two weeks ago. And uh, so he caught three of those four targets for 36 yards. Every other game, he had 10 targets, 74 yards, 14 targets, 139 yards, uh, nine targets, 95 yards, and eight targets, 51 yards. Yeah, so, so uh, we're, we're going to get something like that. Yeah, he's going to get, yeah. I think that'd be 10 to 12. I think you probably go down to 8 to 10 because Thomas will be back. Um, so yeah, probably 8 to 10 targets and... He's pretty consistently averaging about ten yards per catch. So yeah, anywhere from seventy-five to one hundred and twenty yards. Yeah, and at least one touchdown. That'll be really fun because I know I personally love watching Drew Brees drop back to pass and then just throwing it to Alvin Kamara 
for two yards down the field for a 10 yard gain, which I know we do to teams all the time now too, because that's what Teddy Bridgewater does with Mike Davis, but it's not as fun when it's happening against your team. Yeah. Yeah. It's even more fun when you have perfect coverage on all of their wide receivers and it's third down. It's third down. And as a third, as a third party watching his running back. And as a third party watching, and you're like, he's going to throw it to Kamara. Like, you just know it. And he's still yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're not we're not NFL defenders, and we can be like, oh, he's going to throw it to Kamara, and he does. And we're just like, damn it, after he gets the first down every time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, very, you got to be very mentally prepared for that. I'm, it's a shame that McCaffrey isn't playing, because I'm sure uh, Fox would have so many graphics with the two of them right, and, like, comparisons and stuff. Oh, my God, yeah. Because mm-hmm. they, you know, same draft, same draft class, right? Yeah, because somebody had that take. Um, same draft class, same like, you know, dual threat capabilities. Yeah. Just imagine what team, what a team could do if they had McCaffrey and Camaro. <laughs> that That's kind of insane. Kinda, uh, yeah, I don't really know. Yeah, that'd be, yeah, be creative. Which I guess we have that now, but. Yeah, Ron Rivera would have just left Oh, God, yeah. Ron, it would they, it would have been ruined with Ron Rivera. It would have just been like a running back one, running back two. It's just like, oh. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just it's just dash and dash. Yeah. McCaffrey gets a break. We put in Kamara and vice versa. There's no like. <laughs> it's third down. Kamara, you're up. You're you're the third down running back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, yeah. And it's like, oh, let's, let's get exotic and put one of them. Let's put both of them on the field at the same time three times a game. To really confuse the defense. One of them's just blocking for the other two. In the first quarter. (laughs) They'll line both of them up in the backfield and they'll just do like a play action to one and then toss it to the other. It's like, got them. Use both of them in the same play. For three yards. Yeah. On third and eight. (laughs) I'm not bitter about Hunter Bear at all. (laughs) Not at all. There have been a couple times that, and this might be surprising because we do talk about that era a lot but like i make no i make notes about like what to talk about in the around the nfl stuff and it's just like should i complain about ron rivera this week let's take a week off let's take a week off on the ron rivera thing because i'm sure people get tired of hearing it yeah but it comes up sometimes it just happens you know still finds a way to make it its way into our the past still finds a way to make its way into our conversations sorry about that is it the ghost? Yeah, it was the ghost. I had to ward it off real quick. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Do we have any other takes we want to discuss about the Saints-Panthers game? Uh, Aside from scoring? Just score predictions, I think. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Sounds good to me. All right, John, give us your score prediction. I think I haven't made a single one right this year. Gotten a single, like, in terms of, like, the wins and loss predi- predictions. Uh... <laughs> No, I don't know. At the beginning, I think I picked the Panthers lose. Anyway, uh, Saints twenty-eight, Panthers 20, 20, 2020. 2020 20. points for the Panthers. Nice. Twenty-eight, 20. Uh, Brad, what about you? I am going to say Saints thirty-one, Panthers. 23. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember to factor a lot of field goals into my projections because we Yeah, same here. Jumps. Like, we're, we're going <laughs> to stall in the red zone at least twice and have to kick field goals. And 
But I mean, like, I don't think we're going to get blown. I don't think this is going to be like the Kyle Allen game was last year. No, nah, that was horrible. But I, I also don't think we're good enough to, to beat the Saints yet. I'm predicting Saints 21, Panthers 16. That's low scoring. That's a low score. Yeah, I don't think we'll hold the Saints to less than 30 points. But I hope you, if we're going to lose any, no matter what, Brian, I hope you're correct. I think that I think the Panthers defense will show up and uh I also think they're gonna throw something different at them now that Justin Burris is out. So I think that the fact that that's not because they've been running the whole three safety defense the entire year, I don't think they're gonna take one of the two guys that they just signed and put them on the field hundred percent of the snaps. So I think they're gonna throw something different at them schematically, and I think that'll throw them off because they won't have film on it. So that's my that's my take on it, but I still think the Saints will win because it's the Saints and they always beat the Panthers, but maybe they'll have a chance later in the season. We'll see, but who knows? And the Saints, I think, are going to have fans. Yeah, like 3,000 fans. The Dome is going to be rocking. Yeah. Rocking. Rocking. Get those megaphones out there. Um, well, I guess thanks for checking us out for the Keep Sounding podcast prior to the first Panthers and Saints game. Obviously, check out the BNB Reaction Show after the game and check out our pre-game and post-game coverage on CSR, on Twitter, and on Facebook at Cat Scratch Reader. And from all of us here at the Keep Sounding Podcast, this is Brian, Brad, and John. We'll talk to you next week, and uh, hopefully you guys all stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, enjoy the football game. See you. Later.